This is AB. And this is the Talk About God podcast. And Lord, I just pray that you don't let me lead anyone astray. Um, and I thank you for everything, really. But um, anyway, I've been learning in this insane season of life to take any quiet moment you can get. And I'm not saying take a quiet moment and sit with the Lord because I don't know genuinely what that looks like. If I'm going to be honest, I struggle not really with my faith, but in my faith. I'm hoping that makes sense to somebody. Um, I have faith. I know that. But, you know, these feelings, man. Feelings loved a lot, and they are just ruthless. And I find myself really being judgmental, right? Of who I am and what I do and how I spend my time and you know, that same song and dance of you're never enough, you're never enough, you're never enough, right? And that's that's the beauty of grace. It's it's acknowledging that no, you're not. <laughs> like, how many times have I discussed self-sufficiency and how we are wholly insufficient and how only a holy God can fix that um, and it's not something that is anything on our part it's all on him and so I've also learned that you can read the book of Lamentations in one day this is where we get um, you know the, the to lament which is like to mourn to be sad um, and it seems so strange to me, right? Because we've got all of these books of the Bible, and here we've got Lamentations, and it's like, if you don't believe that the Bible is real, like, if you don't believe that God is real and that this word is true, why on earth would anyone with a made-up faith also include your laments? Like, we have the whole Excuse me, the whole book of Jeremiah, and it's a it's a doozy. It's a long one. It's you know it, it it's it's beautiful. I mean Jeremiah, let me let me do this for you. Um, Jeremiah chapter twelve says, um, I'll just start with the first verse and go through. I guess verse three. Um, because I found it so intriguing, but I I don't feel like it can be taken out of context. So, um, it says, you, O Lord, are uncompromisingly righteous and consistently just when I plead my case with you. You let me discuss the issues of justice with you. Why has the way of the wicked prospered? 
how many times have we said why do bad things happen to good people why does it seem like all the bad people of the world are thriving jeremiah felt the same way um why has the way of the wicked prospered why are those who deal in treachery at ease and thriving you have planted them they have also taken root they grow they have even produced fruit you are honored by their hypocritical lips but you are far from their heart and mind but you O lord know me and understand my devotion to you you see me and you examine the attitude of my heart towards you and of course he goes on and he's got some beautiful flowery language but it just goes to show you that Jeremiah like many really all of the Jews right it wasn't just him like his people were suffering at this point you know they they all had turned excuse me they had all turned from God and now they deserve punishment and poor Jeremiah is one of the few who still know God to be who God is who still worships the one true God rather than bowing down to the idols of those around him so he is stuck between a rock and a hard place right where the people their hearts have turned to stone and they won't listen and then he's got God who is God <laughs> who is telling him no like I'm I'm going to condemn these people I'm going to do this and there are so many times you know he he tells Jeremiah in the beginning don't even pray for them don't I don't even want to hear it I won't listen don't even pray for them um you know and then Jeremiah just he he starts to see it he it starts out I'm so sorry but it does it does start out with Jeremiah pleading for the people right and then when he realizes they're just they're just that blind and they refuse they sincerely refuse to see things any different they refuse to look further than their own nose to see the god who created everything around them is standing there straight out saying repent and that's not be sorry truly repent what is that that beautiful steve lawson quote about how judas um you know was sorry for his sins yet he did not repent he hung himself whereas peter um you know sinned denied Christ three times and the difference is is that he truly repented and he spent the rest of his life proclaiming to know who the who who Christ is um so there's you know there's a difference you can't just be sorry so these people these people aren't even sorry they don't care they dismiss everything Jeremiah brings to them and then finally Jeremiah steps back and is like god you made these people <laughs> like you put them here how how is it that they are also that all the wicked are bearing fruit that all the wicked are prospering like you are god you know you you know me you see me you know my devotion you know my my attitude of my heart towards you And isn't that beautiful? 
in Jeremiah's prayer that God knows the attitude of his heart. You know how many times my flesh wins? I mean, on a daily basis, I don't even keep tabs on it. Like, it, I probably, I don't know, maybe I should. How many times I'm selfish and greedy and, um, you know, uncaring? Because there's even those, like, I think that if I keep to myself and I mind my own business and I, you know, I keep my head down and I live my life, well, then, you know, it's totally fine, right? Like, I'm, I'm a good person. But then you realize that, was there somebody that you interacted with along the way that you should have shared compassion with that you should have you know taken that extra step to try and comfort or even just be nice to another human being around you and how many times in one day do you miss those opportunities how many times and I can't tell you how many times for myself because honestly it's shameful um, if we're going to be real about it but God knows the attitude of your heart towards him doesn't just apply for Jeremiah yeah he was a prophet but he was still a man still a man but anyway so you go from that to his lamentations and so this is him going through everything that his people have walked through. And I'm only going to give you the highlights. It's a very small book. It's only I'm just going to read you the things I highlighted in it. Super short. Took me not even like an hour. And I mean, if you're a slow reader, I mean, I wasn't speed reading here. But regardless, two days tops, you should be, if, if you commit, you're through the Book of Lamentations. I think it's only like maybe five chapters long no yeah yeah sorry it is it's five chapters long it's super short so um in chapter one i keep i'm gonna have to explain why this jumped out to me i have had this discussion before of present day here and now does god cause what we as humans view as harm right is there is there things we view as harm AKA, does God still punish those who, you know, don't follow him as he historically has done? Um, so I read here, um, and I'm going to have to give you more than just a highlight because if not, I'm going to be taking it out of context and it's going to be so confusing. So, um, this is talking about Zion and the, the sorrows of Zion. And so in chapter one, verse four is where I'll start. It goes through verse five, verse five, the middle of it is what I've highlighted. So the roads to Zion are mourning because no one comes to the appointed feast. Okay. So we're not observing the, the commandments that God has given, um, for the specified feasts. There's that all her gates are desolate. Her priests are groaning. Her virgins are grieved and suffering. And, of course, this is all because they've been, like, taken into exile, right? Like, this is not, they're, they're forced laborers. Like, they, they, it may not be that they're willingly not following 
the appointed times God has told them. But I just wanted to be sure I was clear on that. Um, Her priests are groaning. Her virgins are grieved and suffering. And she suffers bitterly. Her adversaries, so that would be those who were out together, um, as in Zion, have become her masters. Her enemies prosper. Here's my highlight. For the Lord has caused her grief. And that's capital L-O-R-D as in God himself. The King of Kings. The, you know, Lord of Hosts. The Almighty God. El Shaddai. Um, like, wait. Yahweh. Um, Jehovah. Um, Jehovah Jireh. Like, there's so many names. But this is God himself. For the Lord has caused her grief because of the multitude of her transgression. So what does it mean? It says that the Lord, God, has caused her grief. Their grief is coming from the punishment of being enslaved by another people group. So the Lord has caused her grief because because of the multitude of her transgressions. Transgression is when you do wrong. Sin. So, there's that one. And then I go moving through for the sake of time because I, again, stole away to get any moments that I can. Um, Verse 18. The Lord is righteous and just. For I have rebelled against his commandments. Hear now all you peoples and look at my pain. So he's saying here, God's right. I mean, he is righteous and just. I messed up. We have messed up. We have not followed his commandments, which is his word. We have rebelled against him. We are deserving of everything that we are currently in the middle of. All this heartache, all this pain, all this suffering, we are deserving of it. Is this me saying that all pain, suffering, and all of those awful things of this world are because somebody did something bad? No. Okay? There is still evil. And evil will just run amok. There's no stopping it. But when I look at our country and the fact that we are sacrificing children at an alarming rate we as a nation have bowed down unfortunately to ball I mean that was something that that was widely known as something that they did and so I mean yeah they put another spin on it of you know it's my body my choice but it doesn't change the fact that innocents are dying at alarming rates because of someone's selfishness and that is something that we as a country have agreed to you think that jeremiah jeremiah was a good man followed god god spoke directly to him jeremiah was good and still jeremiah himself laments and says the lord is righteous and just for i have rebelled against his commandments That's Jeremiah, okay? So yeah, he sees what's around him and he knows it's wrong and he knows that he can't fix it, right? And he suffers too. He suffers too. Goes on, verse 21. 
People have heard that I groan, that I have no comforter in you. All my enemies have heard my desperation. They are delighted, O Lord, that you have done it. It goes on, verse 22. Let all the wickedness come before you and deal with them as you've dealt with me because of all my transgressions. For my groans are many and my heart is faint. Now, I'm not going to lie. This book is, it's lamenting. I mean, it's its sorrowful. It's, it's heartbreaking. But this is the truth of how he felt in that moment. Chapter 3 I'm sorry. I'm going to go back. It's getting dark, but I saw something else. Chapter 2, verse 22. The very end of it. In the day of the Lord's anger, those I have cared for and brought up with tenderness, my enemy annihilated them. So he's acknowledging that God is using his enemy. To destroy what he cares for. Chapter 3 verse 17 and 18. My soul has been cast far away from peace. I have forgotten happiness. So I say my strength has perished. And so has my hope and expectation from the Lord. How many of us have felt that way? My strength has perished. And so has my hope and expectation from the Lord. I have forgotten happiness. Then it goes on. And this, I'm probably going to read all of it because this is the redeeming moment. Chapter 3, verse 21. It starts in verse 19, so let's just go for it all. Remember, O Lord, my, my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and the gall, which is the bitterness. My soul continually remembers them and is bowed down within me. So it says, I'm humbled by these things that I've walked through but this I call to mind therefore I have hope it is because the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed right so he's saying he's broken it's awful and it's not great but I'm not consumed because his tender compassions never fail they are new every morning and great beyond measure is your faithfulness The Lord is my portion and my inheritance, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him and wait expectantly for him. Now, what he's doing is he's quoting here prior verses. He's quoting from Malachi and Isaiah and Numbers. So he's reflecting back on the word of the Lord that he knows. Right? Um, The Lord is good to those who wait confidently for him, to those who seek him on the authority of God's word. So when you're seeking him, you have to get in the word. It's got to be on the authority of God's word. Okay. It is good that one waits quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he should bear the yoke of godly discipline in his youth. Let him sit alone in hope and keep quiet. Because God has laid it on him for his benefit. Let him put the mouth in the dust in recognition of his unworthiness. A.K.A. go ahead and kiss the dirt. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him. Now he's quoting different things here as well. He quotes Psalms, Ezekiel, 
I mean, I'm telling you, get you a good study Bible and see how much in this this particular hope for God's mercy and relief in God's mercy that he quotes different scripture. But I'll continue. Let him be filled with reproach, for the Lord will not reject forever. For if he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness and tender mercy. So it straight out says, if God himself causes grief, he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness and tender mercy. For he does not afflict willingly. Okay? Somebody who thinks that God is an angry, just vengeful God needs to hear this. He does not afflict willingly and from his heart or grieve the children of man. I was reading through um, Jeremiah and I'll have to find it again, but it says that he was weeping. God himself wept because he knew he was going to have to punish the Israelites. He knew that they had left him no choice and he wept. That's not an angry God. That's a loving father. To trample and crush under his feet all the prisoners of the land, to deprive man of justice in the presence of the Most High, to uh, defraud a man in his lawsuit. The Lord does not approve of these things. Who is there who speaks and who is there who speaks and it comes to pass unless the Lord has authorized and commanded it? Is it not from the mouth of the Most High that both adversary adversity sorry that both adversity and good proceed it is from the mouth of god that both adversity and good happen so misfortune but adversity bad things the struggle you know job was tested i don't know how many times we forget that but job was tested to see what he would do when put in that spot so both adversity and goodness come from the mouth of God. So it goes on. Why should any living mortal or any man complain of punishment in view of his sins? Let us test and examine our ways. Let us return to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands in prayer toward God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled. You do have not you have not pardoned. You have covered yourself with anger, and you pursue us. You have slain without pity, and have not spared. You've covered yourself with a cloud, so that no prayer can pass through. You, again God, have made us scum and, refu- and refuse among the people. All our enemies have gaped at us. Panic and pitfalls have come on us. Traps and danger, devastation and destruction. My eyes overflow with streams of tears because of all the destruction of the daughter of my people, Jerusalem. My eyes overflow unceasingly without stopping until the Lord looks down and sees from heaven. My eyes see things that bring pain to my soul because of all the daughters of my city. And it goes on, and I'm trying not to read the whole book to you, so I'm so sorry, but in chapter, verse 57 of chapter 3, you drew near on the day I called to you. So this is, again, um, Jeremiah talking to God. You drew near on the day I called to you. You said, do not fear. O Lord, you have pleaded my soul's case. You have guided me in my way and protected me. 
You have rescued and redeemed my life. O Lord, you have seen the wrong done to me. Judge my case. You have seen all their vengeance, their schemes against me. You have heard their reproach, O Lord. And all their schemes against me, the lips and the whispering of my assailants, are against me all day long. Look at their sitting and their rising, their actions and secret counsels. I am their mocking song, the subject of the ridicule. You will repay them, O Lord, according to the work of their hands. So, I mean, dang. I'm just saying. Um, regardless, at the end of this, we it's made very clear that the forefathers and the sons are responsible for what's happened in Jerusalem. The, the generation as a whole was equally to blame. It wasn't just one. So it's not just the fathers. Um, and the sons are getting punished for their father's sins. It's all of them. Um, and, you know, he's, he's lamenting. And the fact that we can and the fact that we are not the only ones. So in those times that it feels like God's far away, maybe he is. And maybe it's something that... I don't know. Maybe we lament. Maybe we cry out to him. Maybe we beg him to listen to, you know, stop blocking our prayers because I have no doubts that that happens. And we don't stop. Maybe that's what we do. I don't know. I hope that regardless, read, get in the word, because if nothing else, nothing changes without him. Pray that, um, be blessed and even if that means he drags you down into the pit sometimes that's one of the best blessings he can give so i just pray that you keep your eyes open stay focused on him and god bless